0: Today in episode 24, registered dietitian and my favorite faith-filled nutrition guru, Jane Curry-Weber, talks to us not about counting calories or keeping our health New Year's resolutions, but rather about getting to the roots of some of our discontentment with mealtime, whether it's how we approach the table with flawed mindsets or obstacles that Emerge as we are trying to please and connect with the people around our table. And we had such a fun and interesting discussion that I'm making it a two-part series. So listen in for part one of 12 Reasons You Don't Have Peace at Your Table. Welcome to The Unperfect Podcast, I'm your host, Shelley Sneed, and I'm here to help you see glimpses of God's glory among life's imperfections. If you've ever struggled with measuring up to an unattainable standard or wondered where is God during less-than-perfect circumstances, congratulations. You're officially human, and you're not alone. Hope and probably a bit of humor are coming up. Well, today we have Jane Curry Weaver, who has spent most of her 20 plus year career as a dietitian, listening to family stories and helping them improve their nutrition from right where they are. She has walked and stumbled in her Christian faith for that long, too. And now she's building a community on Substack to explore and experiment with a refreshing perspective on faith and on food that truly satisfies. I love that. So her newsletter and podcast hope to bring peace to your table and rest to your spirit through words of nourishment for body and soul. Jane and her husband Colin have 3 children. They live in Nova Scotia on the east coast of Canada where she walks along the banks of the world's highest heights, which I was just telling Jane before we got on that I was so fascinated by that. I've been on YouTube for the last 20 minutes looking at those high tides and it looks like a very beautiful so, welcome Jane to the podcast. I am
1: so thrilled to be here. Thank you, Shelley, for inviting
0: me. Jane and I got to know each other a little bit this summer. We were in a course together, mm-hmm. and um, I have been reading her blog, your blog, and on your Substack, um, and listening to your podcast, and always, always come away encouraged. Which I, that has not always been the case when I come away from a dietitian or a nutritionist. <laughs> That is that has been great. I love it. Um, Love all the stuff I'm I'm learning from you. So glad you're here today. And we um, we are gonna. Is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself? What you do where do you yes. live?
1: <laughs> sure. Oh, thanks for the, that introduction. I have to first say I have so enjoyed getting to know you as well, Shelley. And I get excited when you have a new release of your podcast because you really are encouraging. Um, I think my default is, you know, that type A kind of personality. And so <laughs> I've spent my life trying to, you know, subdue that. So you've just been a super encourager. So I, yeah, I thank you for all that I've learned from you as well. Yeah. Um, and maybe just to premise, you know, where I come from. Like, I grew up in a big family, and my mom always had the, um, yeah, just had the mantra of there's always room for one more. And she was talking about our table. And I just love that kind of welcoming um, feeling that she gave us. And I just want to pass it on to others to have the table be a positive space. So I'm just happy to, hear, uh, to
0: be here to talk more about that. I love that too. Um, and my mom was also very, very hospitable. We, uh, that my parents worked with college students. And on Sunday, I don't remember a Sunday that we didn't have like five extra college students hanging out <laughs> at Amazing. our table after and, church. And I laugh now because. Every Sunday we had this huge meal, and, and my people on the way home from church now on Sundays are like, so what's for lunch? I'm like, whatever you can find. Like, yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to live to make it home from church. So we're going to kind of jump right in to what we're going to be talking about today, and it's 12 reasons why we don't have peace at our table. So I'm just going to let you jump in and start giving us some of these reasons. Sure. Thanks, Shelley. Um And I think that with our food and eating and diet, we're always looking for
1: ways to fix. And we forget about there's reasons why there are places that we don't have peace around eating and food. And And so I tried to make a list of 12 reasons, but gosh, I'm sure your listeners have lots more that they could add to it. But it just starts the conversation. And the first one of the 12 that I, um, was, I'm going to talk about is something that we all can relate to. And it's simply rush. You know, time yeah. is non-existent at mealtimes. All of us feel right. that. You know, sometimes we barely sit in the first place. Um, and I wish I could say there's an age and stage when this is non-existent, but it, it changes, but it's just different. Um, so when the kids were little in my home and my boys are older now, um, it was super busy. And I thought, oh, it's going to get, you know, better as I go. Um but it's just now it's more people are coming and going. And so how do you find that point of connection? And, um, and st- so it's tough when they squirm when they're little, but it's tough as, you know, they're like ships passing in the night. So rush can, can be something that's always there, but just having that stance of wanting to find a rhythm of connection around food. And, uh, yeah, so that's our first one. That's, you know, a reason I think that everyone can resonate with.
0: Absolutely. And I'm like you, when the kids were little, um, there's different struggles at different stages, right? Mm-hmm. And yes. the um the struggle we're having now is no one's ever home at the same time. It's like one person's at work, one person has a you know, basketball practice. It's, um, so it does kind of feel like, you know, you're you're always in a rush or you're you're sitting, but you, you never know who's going to be sitting across from you. Exactly. So. That's right.
1: And then almost like trying to make our, our schedules meet theirs, right? So it's a little different when they're younger. We're right. controlling the schedule.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So what about, uh,
1: what about the next one? So number two is actually a question rather than a statement. And it just simply says, table? What table? Because <laughs> we may have a table or an island. Um, but it's used for homework or it has, you know, a basket of laundry dumped out on it or the current projects or the little, you know, the crafting that's going along. That's just too much of a hurdle to actually get to sitting around this table. And so perhaps we head to the couch or go to our rooms or whatever it is. Um, but, you know, it's really that first point of how can we even eat and connect together if we don't have a place established. So that could be a reason for some people.
0: Yes. And that is definitely, that's an issue at our house. My table is right around the corner from the laundry room. So exactly like what you said, there's either laundry on it or every, it's also the point, like when you walk up the stairs from the garage, there's the table. And so everybody's stuff gets great. Right. Yep. Um, and it's funny too, we have this enormous table. It was built when we were working at a conference center that we had interns over all the time. And we also have a big family. We have four kids. But you can fill up a big table just as easy (laughs) as you can fill up a little table with stuff because ours is constantly covered. Yeah, that is that is very true. Making Mm -hmm. that, getting that table available is probably the first step. First step, you got
1: it, yeah. Yeah, so number three is more of a heavy one. Um, And um, if you're a woman, you probably probably can relate to this. And it is body shame is given a seat and it affects my every bite. So tough one there for sure. Um, And it can be a silent presence, maybe even subconscious when we eat. Um, But it can be something that can torment right, and really rob and steal peace um, that we are meant to have around the table. So it may not be that outright struggle, but we're affected by this incessant culture, really, with this messaging of perfection. So whatever the perfection right. of the day is, right? You know, the, the requisite body shape that is um, you know, what everyone wants, is looking for. So if we could st- take a step back um, and see that the preferred body shape has dramatically changed over the years. Right, right, and even in our lifetime, we certainly have seen that. You know, it's gone from slim to curvy, right? Just with the right. difference, yep, in the messaging. Um, so, if we internalize that, our peace and rest can get robbed um, and shame us. And we know that, you know, shame is not from from the Lord, never. You know, it's it's from the enemy who's trying to steal, kill, and destroy that peace from us. Um, so, absolutely, yeah, yeah. So, something we can all relate to. Um, And really, our culture is wanting us to look for our value by looking around us horizontally. And as believers, we get to look up. We get to go look vertically Mm. for our value. So it can be as simple as tilting our heads in a different direction. So when we look side to side, look up for our value rather than down in shame. And, you know, down in shame, and I'm thinking just now, like down at our phones, right? Because we know. Yes. Yeah. We can see a lot of Yes
0: yeah absolutely, and it's you know some what you're talking about the culture and the messaging we we've all seen it, but it is interesting you were talking about how it's changed because I was recently ordering some jeans on and I do all my shopping online because now that i one more reason not to leave the house is my yes. mantra at <laughs> <It's>, least' <laughs> with you but uh but i it's it was funny like a lot of times I'll order jeans or pants, and I'm like, gosh, these don't look like the girl in the picture, because she was a, you know, size zero. But now some of the apps have these things where it's like, what body shape do you want to see these mm. jeans in? Have mm-hmm. you seen that? I have not. You can, you can click on it and it'll be, so I'll find someone that's, you know, yeah. more hips, more curly, whatever. I'm like, I want to see what they look like on her, because that's going to be a better <laughs> option. Uh, I just thought that was funny, but I do love that. Which way are you looking? That is a great way to think about it because that really can affect um how we eat and yeah. exactly and h- how we even just come to come to the meal um with a, that mindset so yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. that's right.
1: Okay, so number four is sort of straightforward. It's medical reasons. So straightforward in the reason, but can be complicated in how it affects how we eat and the peace um, that we have at the table. So what I mean by that, like there could be food restrictions that you have to abide by or having to eat even more than you want to, and it can steal that rest. Um, so for example, maybe you have to be conscious of what you eat and how it affects your blood sugars or perhaps you have food allergies or intolerances. Um, maybe that unintended, weight loss, it means that you have to eat more than you want. And that steals joy in eating when you're eating more than you want, sure. you know, um, you know, we all think of the time in the first trimester, if we've had the privilege of being pregnant, then, uh, we didn't feel so good. And so eating was not peaceful, right? right? <laughs> um, or, um, Absolutely. yeah, so just finding local help with that, I guess, would be a strategy, of course, um, to find some rest within the restrictions that you have to have. And, and sometimes I've helped people look at, you know, this isn't a restriction, it's just an exchange and how you have to eat to kind of take that kind of, um, you know, negative side to that. But that's definitely something that can rob our peace, just even directly that way.
0: Absolutely. And as a, a mom of, I had a one of our sons had a feeding tube for 12 years Mm, Um, and he's doing great now. But for, for years, like I, they were telling me, you know, you need to pack, you need to make your mashed potatoes with extra butter and extra cream and extra, like, and uh, as a mom, like who wants to cook, you know, four different meals you want to create. So um, I, I think there's probably some moms out there with even, Bigger, you know, issue. You know, what you're saying that are having to cook this type of meal for this, you know, That's like right. gluten free or nut free or whatever. That's, um, and that can that can really that really could rob you of a lot of joy, of a lot of um, time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I can see how that would be a big one for some people. Um, yeah. That's a lot of stress sure.
1: of trying to get them to eat that extra, right? When they don't want to. Kids are so good at knowing right. how much their body's
0: saying to eat. And then for us to say, no, you have to actually eat more is, is stressful for everybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then as the mom, I'm going to eat those potatoes that had all the butter. With <laughs> yeah, every day. Right. So then we go back to body shape <laughs> number oh, three. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes. Yeah, it can be a cycle. Okay, good. So, how about number five?
1: Number five. Um, This one is food scars. So, um, I had down eating scars, but I think food scars describes it a little better. And this can be like bad food memories or messages that can be on replay when you face your plate full. So, you know, it could be something like um, a negative food memory around food that affects us even now. It could be as simple as some people heard you, you have to clean your plate. You know, and so then you're like eating like, oh, I'm, I'm content with the amount I ate, but now I feel guilty that I'm wasting, you know, so it can be a lot of like a negativity that influences our food decisions. Um, or maybe it was simply that when you not simply, but when perhaps sometime in your life, you didn't have enough to eat. And so that influences how you right. eat now um, and how you feed your family. Um, I've heard that before where moments like, you know, I, I can't not provide them food all the time because I've been hungry in my lifetime. So, um, you know, there's a um, lot yeah. of different, yeah, ways that memories around food can influence how we
0: have peace and rest currently. That's interesting for sure. And, um, and I'm sure that can go different ways too because um, – even as you have family like I, we had a big family with lots of get togethers and lots of people over, and everything was centered around food and very high fat food and very it, but it was a comforting thing like so it was a sure. when you have people over, you have all this uh comfort food it's it's just interesting um to think about that we have we we have different memories with different kinds of food and different. Like you're saying with some people having it or not having it right. um our our uh our two two of our kids are adopted, and they they had always told us that they may struggle with like stealing food because they didn't have enough or whatever um which i don't think I don't think ours ever struggled with that thankfully i think. They kind of had, but this has nothing to do with it. it just made me think of this funny story. Our (laughs) son had texture issues. And so he did not like green beans. They were slimy. And he would, um, so he was four when we got him. And, I mean, we would find green beans stuffed in his pocket. Oh. Would, he would pass them down to the dog. And we, we were talking about this the other day. We had to come up with this song. It was like this little rap the whole family sang about, eat your green beans. And, it, like, we can still <laughs> sing it to this day about awesome. getting Sam to eat his green beans. But, yeah, lots of, lots of memories, good and bad, related oh, to right. green beans there. But, oh, fun. Okay. All right, okay. tell us about this next one.
1: Sure. So number six, again, one we could probably all relate to is the cost. You know, I feel pressure to eat well on a little budget. And food costs have soared, you know, lately. We can all see them. Or perhaps the price hasn't changed, but the size has gone down, you know, it could be either way. Sure. Um, so it, with that ridiculous price, that steals rest. So now we're feeling the pressure. I'm supposed to have all these healthy foods, and it's not within my budget. Um but, you know, and there's lots of strategies around that. I mean, coming back to basics, whole foods tend to be cheaper in the long run than processed foods. That's such a loaded right. statement. Oh, my gosh. And we'll talk more about that and, and other subsequent um, tips here. But, yeah, so that can definitely steal rest, you know, um, if we're trying to plan our meals and the cost has just gone through the roof.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's almost like this double-edged sword type of thing, because when you're, especially when your kids are younger, you're trying to buy foods that are easy, right? And, and that's all the process. Right. Uh, but you're right. The, the fruits and the vegetables and stuff tend to be the, tend to actually be cheaper. Now the, um, I will say we've started eating the 96%, you know, fat-free beef or whatever and it's crazy how mm-hmm. much more expensive like when I didn't have to care about that before I could just look for the cheapest price the the right. um you know or salmon or the you know yeah. we're trying to eat more fish and that kind of stuff and it is um that really can that can be difficult you have to be really creative and look for recipes where you can get a lot more for your for your bang I guess bang That's more right. bang for your buck yeah. yeah.
1: But the thing is, those expensive ones that you're describing, they're the ones that keep us full the longest, right? And if we look at the box foods, that kind of thing, fill us up in the moment, but don't last. And so we're coming back for more sooner than if we had those whole foods. That is, so That is yeah. a very good point. Yeah. 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 Okay. So on to number right. seven. So again, another uh, loaded one. This is food is wrapped up in emotions and is eaten to comfort or is the company that doesn't disappoint.
0: Yeah. So, absolutely. yeah, we eat, we eat. For I don't so know whether to aim it. i kind of want to <laughs> aim in that, but right. then I really shouldn't. <laughs> I know, But you're saying
1: you can relate to it. I think most of us can. Yes. Yeah. Cause we eat so for so many reasons. Um, perhaps it's cause it simply looks good and we want to experience the taste. I mean, we know all about that coming off of the holidays, right? We had so many options often presented to us or we've made, um, and sometimes we'll eat Clearly, because we're physically hungry or the medical reasons, as we mentioned, or maybe it's conditioned. So what I mean by that is why is it that we crave popcorn at the movie theater every time we go or every time we go to the movie theater or we have a movie at home? Right. Right. Because we've had it every time. So it's fostered that craving. Right. And I certainly did that to my kids. <laughs> um Right. Uh, Yeah. So if we've paired a food with an activity many times that we can have that uh, craving or emotional kind of attachment. But sometimes it's because we have like an actual emotional tie. So for instance, when I lived far away from home from where I grew up as a young adult, um, when I was the most homesick, I craved the foods my mom made. You know, growing up, yeah, yeah. yeah. and you start. To, Why am I craving this? It's like, oh, right, I'm craving home. I'm really craving home, not yeah. this food.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's like that phrase: "It tastes like home." That's
1: yeah, a real thing. Exactly. You got it. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And and if we're stressed, or we're anxious. Some of us will eat more. And some of us will eat less in response to that stress. So that can be like this emotion that's tied up in how we eat and whether we have that rest with eating. And for some, and I had um, a woman say this to me, and I I never forgot it. And she just said, you know, sometimes food is the company that doesn't disappoint. You know, so when Mm. she's lonely or feeling isolated, her friend, her comfort that's really reliable... Um, our foods that were her favorites so it can be good company right sometimes so yep. lots of different reasons yeah yeah,
0: yeah I, and I can totally relate to this one this is probably one of the biggest ones for me because I am I eat when I'm anxious. I eat when I'm bored. I eat when I'm depressed. I am a stress eater. Like if there's an, if there's a big emotion going on, I eat when I'm happy. And it's not like I go and eat a carrot stick. I go and eat chocolate. Um, my son, one of my sons loves Hershey Kisses and he, he, we have this enormous bowl of Hershey Kisses in the kitchen. And I finally, last night I was like, we can't keep this here. Like, I don't yeah. have the willpower. Like I'm gonna walk right. in the kitchen if I'm happy, stressed, whatever, and I'm just gonna grab a handful of them. So I was right. laughing because I heard you on our friend Sandy's podcast and she was talking about how she's a stress cleaner. Yes. And I thought, wow, <laughs> my house would be spotless yes, if I was a stress too. cleaner. Like spotless. But that is not my problem. I'm a stress eater. So right. <laughs> that I definitely, definitely can see um, the emotions getting and, and then sometimes I've had, you know, with um we've had some issues with some of our kids that we've had to deal with and some pretty big um, trauma and stuff that, that have caused some big behaviors. And sometimes I would eat and just think, you know what, this isn't healthy, this isn't good for me, but I deserve it because right. I had a horrible morning or I had a horrible experience and I just deserve this, which is really, is kind of a lie because what I deserve is to do whatever I can to stay healthy because that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's an ongoing issue. But right. my, somewhere in my brain, mm-hmm. it says, no, I deserve to indulge in this. Yeah. And that makes not sense. Alone? Yes, you're not alone in that at all, yeah. for
1: sure. It's sort of, a lot of times, um, you know, I think when the kids are little, even more so, when you just get through the day, you get through the bath, you get them in bed, they're asleep and you just go, ah, and then you want to sit down yeah. and have a snack, right? <laughs> right. Exactly. Yes. Right. And sometimes it's because of coming back full circle to number one with the rush all day and never really having True. that point of, of rest with food, that this is the first moment in time, once everybody's taken care of, that we can actually rest. And so sometimes this craving or this emotion is wrapped up in wanting that rest that usually accompanies food that we didn't get sure. during the day. And so then it's sort of wrapped up, or sorry, gets twisted into, I deserve this, where it's like, you know what, it's just because I am craving that rest and restoration that comes with the pause with food yeah so sure
0: yeah Yeah. it's almost like I need to change the narrative to be what I what am I really craving here what do I really want is it the food or is it the rest like you're saying yeah exactly and I love how
1: you're thinking around you know how um This is the reason why I'm eating these foods sometimes around emotion. And then now what can I do about it? Because that's looking at the reason behind the behavior rather than trying to fix it with something that may not or may not help it. Yeah, so it's awesome. So number eight is a dieting lens. So how this steals rest um, with eating is I don't see nourishment. I see calories or carbs or fat. I need to limit So, there isn't rest with um, with eating when we're dieting for sure. And this is one that's going to hit home with many this time of year.
0: Absolutely. It's January as we're recording this, and everyone is, everyone but me, because this morning (laughs) I had chocolate cake for breakfast. Awesome. (laughs) And then later I thought, I am interviewing a dietitian this morning. That is not. That is not the way I should have started my day. That's
1: but totally it is, okay. it
0: is true. And I've been I've done so many different eating plans where mm-hmm. one, you're looking at carbs, one, you're looking at um sugars, one, you're looking at calories, and what you know, and and I'm getting to the point now where I'm starting to thankfully go, okay, how much fiber is in this? Food? Like Yay, those good. are the kind of things yeah. that's a little better to start looking at. Um, because then it like I find more, I, I kind of feel a sense of success. Like, oh my gosh, this I'm having this and it has eight grams of fiber, you know, because I realized I was not getting enough of that. So there's actually more reward, I think. I'm finding maybe it's just I'm getting older and I don't have the metabolism that I had when I no, was no. Oh, 20 or 30. But there's a little more reward in meeting in and seeing those kind of things than uh but either way, I, I like what you're saying. You're not seeing nourishment. You're seeing some kind of number of yes. it. That...
1: Yeah. And you, you took the words right out of my mouth, Shelly, which I am wholeheartedly in agreement with because if we only look at the negative aspects of food, it's hard to have that restful joy with eating. But like what you're saying, if we're looking at the positive effects or the health benefits to what we're eating... Then we're going to have something positive and feel good about it. So it's perfect, and, and then you, it frees up that mind space. So instead of striving to eat perfectly, you're looking for the benefit of what you are eating, and that's restful. Once striving, once right. restful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I will like that. Very good. Yeah. I know you enjoyed these first eight of 12 reasons you and I don't have peace at our table. Make sure you tune in next week for the last four, where we'll dive into the reason that is the cause for most of Jane's referrals in her role as a dietitian. We so want our tables to be positive places for ourselves and for those we share connections with around it. And I'm sure one or more of these points that Jane made today resonated with you. Whether it's feeling rushed or not having a table even available, giving shame a seat, medical issues or food scars, food costs, emotional eating, or just seeing your table from a dieting lens. You're not alone and there is hope, believe me, from one Hershey kiss by the pound consuming, continually dieting, tables always cluttered woman to another, wherever you are. Just start with one, just one. Pick one area to look into, pray about, research, whatever might be helpful to jumpstart your journey to finding rest and peace at your table. None of our tables are perfect, but if you need a friend to guide you through some of these steps more intimately, I highly encourage you to head over to Jane's site on Substack. It's called the Contented Table where she has more articles, plain Jane recipes, as she calls them, and the original post where she dives into the 12 reasons why you don't have a piece at your table. And then this last one is my favorite. She has a free downloadable resource to help us get started. Yay! It's called Seven Steps to Bring Peace to Your Table, and I'll put the direct link in the show notes for you, but you should be able to find any of the things we've mentioned today and those we'll mention next week by heading over to the Contented Table on Substack. As always, thanks for joining me at the Unperfect Podcast today. I pray you see glimpses of God's glory among the imperfections of your life and even your table. See you next time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a quick rating and review. It only takes a second and it helps other unperfect people like us find the podcast so they can be encouraged too. sometimes struggle with living in the tension of the now and the not yet, I've got a free resource just for you called The Unperfect Promises of God. It's a printable download of five biblical meditations to help you find balance between the brokenness we live in and the hope that we have in Jesus. Just click on the link and that printable download is yours free. Yay, we love free.